Coming up this week, we'll hear from Mackenzie about planning a trip to Walt Disney World. Welcome to this week's episode of To the Mouse and Back. I'm really excited because this past week I got my first vaccine dose. Who knew that that would be something I would be excited about, but here we are. I was a little surprised because I found myself getting a little emotional as I was, you know, waiting in line to get it done and, uh, you know, just thinking about how mountains have been moved for this vaccine. And I'm just really, really appreciative to be able to start the process of getting vaccinated. So for those of you out there, I hope that as soon as you're eligible, you'll uh, get it done. And, you know, it's really exciting to be moving to towards a world where this is less of a, you know, scary thing that we have to deal with all the time. So today's episode, we have Mackenzie from About the Memories Travel. In addition to just getting back from a Disney trip where she was there for several days, Mackenzie is also my travel agent who I have worked with for several years. So I know how knowledgeable and helpful and proactive she is. So I asked her to come on this week and help me understand the big picture of what it's like to plan and take a Disney vacation right now. For those of you familiar with the abbreviation TLDR, which stands for too long, didn't read, I needed the TLDR version of Disney planning right now. Now, I want to make it very clear, neither Mackenzie nor About the Memories Travel is a sponsor of any kind of this show. Um, I just asked her to come on because I know how thoroughly she knows this process and how it has evolved and how it continues to evolve. Full disclosure, I do think that if you don't use a TA, you should absolutely consider it, especially since it's completely free. So if you're interested in working with Mackenzie, I will have her contact information and stuff like that in the show notes. But either way, I hope that you get some really helpful information in this episode, both from her experience as a TA and from her more recent trip that she's able to share some of the details of. One last thing, please submit any trips that you have coming up. I do have some trips booked for the spring and the summer, but I don't have a ton. So please head to the show notes to see details for the super easy process to submit your trips. Okay, with all that said, let's go ahead and jump into my chat with Mackenzie. Hey, Mackenzie, welcome to the show. Hey, Rachel, thank you for having me. Of course. How are you tonight? I'm wonderful. How about yourself? I'm doing good. We are recording this on um, the pandemic anniversary of, yes. you know, it's been a year of this dumpster fire. So, you know, happy pandemic anniversary to you. Thank you. I think I have a lot of trauma from this time last year. Oh, my goodness. I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, so for anyone who hasn't read the description or listened to the intro that I probably gave at the beginning, uh, Mackenzie is my travel agent. I've been working with her for a few years. And in addition to just having come back from Disney and, and having a trip that I you know, wanted to hear more about, I also, as I start getting into planning my own trip, I'm so overwhelmed with what is different now because honestly I've kind of checked out 
over the last year because thinking about Disney, it's it's been so depressing because like I knew I wasn't going anytime soon. And so I was like, Mackenzie, please help me understand like what is different now that I need to know? What is the like TLDR version of this is different now? So uh, yeah, so I'm excited to have you on tonight to talk about, you know, for people who are repeat Disney visitors who are planning their first, you know, post-pandemic trip, or even for people who are new, you know, this is going to be their first time to Disney. And so they don't know what the before times were like. Um, I just wanted some time to talk through it. So can you introduce yourself? Tell us who you are and tell us your Disney history. Sure. So I'm Mackenzie Clark and I am with About the Memories Travel and I've been a travel agent for five years. And some history with me is I didn't grow up going to the parks all the time. We went on a couple family vacations. And then I went a couple times in high school with my marching band and that really made a love for it for sure. But then as an adult, we started going um, mostly for run Disney. We used to do a team and training program. And um, so would get to go do the Walt Disney World Marathon or Half Marathon every couple of years, um, or then every year. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that really built a love for it with me. And then having kids, we actually adopt a family. And so when we were adopting our son, Baylor, that kind of started the year of Disney for us, where Mm -hmm. I was a travel agent. And also we were planning on going to China to adopt our son. So we got to go to Shanghai Disneyland and Hong Kong Disneyland. And then we started our annual passes um, from when we were living in South Carolina. So we got to go as much as we could with our son. And then um, eventually we uh, moved down to Florida with some job changes for my husband. And we're locals now I guess locals as far as Tampa is concerned um (laughs) that's you know it's within an hour so that's very exciting to be able to go pretty much any time that we want to and keep up on everything and raising our our sons in Walt Disney World basically nice okay awesome So I used to, you know, I would have friends who would message me and say, I'm going to Disney World and, you know, I don't know where to start. What do I do? And of course, my first note to them is like, please message Mackenzie and like she will hold your hand through all this, I promise. (laughs) Um, But then I would also, you know, I'm like, okay, I've got my playbook here and I know that, you know, this is when you should be booking your resort and this is when dining happens and fast passes. And like, I just kind of feel like all of that is different now. So tell me a little bit about if I know I want to go, what's different about planning kind of from a time frame perspective or, you know, the things I need to keep in mind as I'm picking a resort and booking a resort? So a lot of the type A-ness of it has, has gone out the window, unfortunately, for a lot of people no! <laughs> listening. Um, but <laughs> we don't have as many dates as before that we have to hit because there's no fast passes. Dining is done at 60 days and but it's still resorts, some are open and some are not. So you have to know which resorts are open that you can even stay at. So that's a big thing. Um, so first of all, working with a travel agent, I try to, of course, only give you the resorts that are open to <laughs> help you there. But a, a lot of people may have 
always gone to Port Orleans French Quarter or always have gone to the Animal Kingdom Lodge and you can't do that right now. So um, starting there to kind of quell expectations on what you're going to be able to choose from for sure. Yeah. For the resorts that aren't open yet, do any of them have opening dates or are we just kind of like waiting and seeing? Some have opening dates and some do not. We still don't know when Port Orleans resorts are going to open. We still don't know when Jumbo House at Disney's Animal Kingdom Lodge is going to open. And then the rest of the all-star resorts, we still don't know. So there's a big chunk that we still waiting on hearing. Um, Wilderness Lodge and the Polynesian are getting some renovations during this time. So those main resort, um, regular hotel rooms at those resorts are going to be opening this summer. So that's something to look forward to. Okay. All right. So I've got my, so I need to book my dining 60 days ahead of time. Is that really the only kind of uh, date that I need to keep in mind of stuff I need to do before I go? 60 days dining. And also if you want to do any activities, it's also going to be at 60 days. So if you want to build a lightsaber at Savvy's workshop, or you want to build a droid at Droid Depot, if you want to book a VIP tour, that would also be at 60 days. And okay. Um, but then after that, the only date is really your final payment, which is at 30 days. Okay, cool. As far as the kind of extra things that I can book are, you mentioned Savi's, um, are most of the things like Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique and stuff like that, are those things still closed? Those are still closed. So we, we have okay. the Harmony Barbershop is closed. Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique is closed. All of its locations are closed. So there are a few things. If you have done a trip in the past where it's very princess heavy, it's going to look a lot different. Okay, cool. Now, how far out can people book right now? Um, Right now, we're actually in the 499 days, so into 2022. Okay. So whatever the day is that you're listening to this, add 499 days, and that's when we can book. (laughs) Um, Except for some DVC resorts, those go um, based on when their home whoever is a DVC owner, they get to book first. So those usually open up closer to, there's an 11 month and a nine month. And most of them are at the nine month for, for regular guests. Gotcha. Okay, cool. All right. Is that earlier than normal that they opened up next year's bookings? It's a lot earlier than normal. Um, Usually it would fall in mid June. Okay. The past year it was in August, I believe. Um, But Yeah, this year they opened it up a lot earlier and didn't tell anybody. (laughs) (laughs) Surprise! (laughs) Okay, cool. Now, can I buy tickets for, um, you know, if I'm going to be going in, you know, early 2022, can I buy tickets for that time frame? Yes. So currently you can buy tickets throughout that time. And you can also make park pass reservations, which is part of the planning that we'll probably talk about too. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. All right. So I want to understand a little bit about transportation. So, um, you know, obviously like getting to Disney world, I can still drive or fly and flying is its own special unicorn right now. Um, as far as like, once I'm actually in Orlando, um, what is kind of the same as far as transportation, like to the resorts and around the resorts and to the parks? And is there anything that's different now? 
So currently, um, Disney's Magical Express is still running. Uh, it's a little bit different in that they're not going to take your bags for you anymore. You have to get it off of the baggage carousel and bring it to the Magical Express and then get it off okay. the bus and bring it to your room. I guess you could have bell services bring it from there if you wanted to. Okay. Um, so that's a little bit different. It's not going to go straight to your room like it did in the past. Um, so that's one thing. Disney's Magical Express is also going to be discontinued starting in 2022. So you have the rest of 2021 okay. that you can still use it. But after that, uh, we don't have the options yet that Disney's going to give. But my guess is that it's going to they're going to offer some paid options. We just don't know yet. Um, gotcha. Yeah. So some other ways you could get to the resort would be an Uber or a Lyft. Or we can arrange a private transfer too. Okay. Cool. Now, once I'm actually at my resort and I want to get to the parks, uh, is that transportation different from how it was before or is it pretty standard? So you're still going to have buses. Um, They're just going to have social distancing. So when you get in a bus, each little section of the bus has a number on it and they'll tell you what number to go to. And there's dividers also. So the days past of you being crammed on a bus with 100 people are no longer. <laughs> You're not going to be up in anyone's armpit right now. So that's lovely. Um, oh, I'm just going to miss that so much. <laughs> at the end of the day with the dad and the tank top, you're going to be okay now. Okay. So, um, okay. so that's buses are running pretty much as normal. And they also do do those bus times on the app where you can see when it's coming or at the bus stop, you can see most of the time when the next bus is going to come. Um, and then the other forms of transportation, all of them are still running. We still have bo- boats that go from Magic Kingdom to the Magic Kingdom Resorts. So Wilderness Lodge, Grand Floridian, and um, the Polynesian. There's a new path that move, that you can walk from the Grand Floridian to Magic Kingdom, which is pretty cool. Oh, that is great. And we've done it a few times. It's just a nice, peaceful path. Like, you're the only people that are at Walt Disney World. <laughs> it's really nice. Um, currently, if you're going to Disney's Polynesian Village Resort, the monorail is not stopping there because they're doing a big renovation to okay. the entrance of the resort. So if that is someplace you're wanting to stay you can still stay there they're just you can't take the monorail there but you could walk over to the TTC or to the Grand Floridian okay or, or take can a you boat. still okay can you still take the monorail from the TTC then like you know to Grand Floridian it's just that it doesn't stop there or is it that it does that part's not running it just doesn't stop at the Polynesian okay cool okay Now, from the TTC, I know that you can also go to Epcot. Is that right? Currently, the monorail is not open to Epcot. So if you're going to Epcot from any of the other parks, you're going to need to take a bus there or just take a bus from your resort. So you cannot take the monorail from the TTC to Epcot currently. But if you're staying at an Epcot resort, you could, of course, walk over there. Or if you're on the Skyliner, you could take the Skyliner over there. Okay, awesome. Now, are minivans still a thing? Minivans are not a thing right now. That is one thing that you can't book right now. Okay. So that is a little bit disappointing. We do have the Skyliner still running normal. 
So if you're staying at Disney's Pop Century Resort or Art of Animation or the Riviera or the Caribbean Beach, you can take a Skyliner to Epcot or Hollywood Studios. And those are running as normal. You'll just not be in a car with anybody else. Okay. My kids loved the Skyliner so much. Like, I think they just thought it was like a ride that they could ride. They loved it. I definitely, th- I, I definitely think it's like its own attraction. So. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. As long as I've had enough anxiety medication and I'm not sitting there like contemplating how likely it is that I'll plummet to my death. <laughs> Other than that, it's like, I really do enjoy it. So. Okay. So, um, Let's talk a little bit about dining. So I know there's no dining plan right now. And I know that there's not, you know, any indication about, you know, I, I assume it'll come back at some point. It's a big money maker for Disney. Um, but so knowing that there's no dining plan right now, how does dining work? Like with quick service, do you have to use mobile order? Uh, so like, how is that kind of working overall? Dining is a little different right now. Most quick service, you're going to use mobile order and a lot of them you can't enter the restaurant until your mobile order is ready. So that is one thing that you need to get comfortable with is placing a mobile order on my Disney experience and how that works. Okay. Um, So it's really easy, but pay attention to some of the restaurants like Woody's Lunchbox at Hollywood Studios that the windows get booked up. So... That's really the only one I see it happen at where maybe it's 10 a.m. and you want to order breakfast and they don't have windows available until like 1230. So, oh, okay. So some do get backed up. So that's something to look for the times where you can pick your order up. Okay. There is also for table service dining, some restaurants still aren't open. So you're not going to have as many choices as before. And a lot of the character dining isn't available or it is modified. So a lot of the big restaurant ADRs that we would have gone for in the past, trying to get those at 180 days, um, they're just not available. So most of your character meals are not available with the exception of there's Topolino's Terrace breakfast at Disney's Riviera Resort. There's Garden Grill that has a lunch and dinner at Epcot. There is Chef Mickey's for breakfast only at the Contemporary. And there is Hollywood and Vine, which now is going to have the Disney Junior Character Breakfast is coming back. And then they also have a mini seasonal dine for lunch and dinner. Now for places like that, is, is Hollywood and Vine, is that still a buffet? It is not. So it is modified to kind of a modified family style order off the menu hybrid which they okay. they've been doing in a couple of different restaurants. So you'll get a like a salad and rolls to share and then you'll order off the menu for your main dish and then for your dessert you either order off the menu or they bring a plate of desserts. It depends on the restaurant. That just seems so much better. I buffets when you have young kids are just so difficult. <laughs> Yeah, it is nice. And we've done the Hollywood and Vine one. And then the characters, since it's socially distanced, they'll greet you from afar. And they come around quite a few times. So you can get those pictures with them waving behind you. Cool. Did you feel like it was, 
I hate to say worth it because, you know, it's it's Disney prices, so value kind of has a different scale. But, you know, did did you feel like it was still a really good experience for you and your kids? I think so. They got all the time they wanted to see the characters. It wasn't just one time that they came around. We usually take a really long time to eat, so that might be why. <laughs> but um, uh-huh. the food was decent portions since it's usually a buffet, um, so I felt like you got a decent value for your money as if comparing it to before. Yeah, I think it's fun. If you can get that reservation and you want pictures with characters without masks on, that is Mm. what you have to do. Yeah. Okay, cool. I know there are a lot of people who still aren't comfortable eating indoors right now. Are there any outdoor dining options at any of the parks or resorts that you could recommend? There are a few at Disney Springs, and there are a few areas where you have quick service that would also have a outdoor seating area. At Magic Kingdom, they've opened up the Tomorrowland Terrace during the weekends, so like Friday through Sunday, and it might be open more if it's busier, like during spring break. But okay. um, they have taken the food from Columbia Harbor House and transported it to Tomorrowland Terrace. But <laughs> because you... it fits in so well there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they have a really lovely outdoor dining area that's also a relaxa- mask relaxation zone. And it has great views of the castle. Um, so that's my pick for eating outdoors there. Okay. There's also some outdoor seating around like Tortuga Tavern and Pecos Bills and Sleepy Hollow and you can always take your food and then go sit out on the hub grass or something like that then okay since, oh that's a great idea yeah since Casey's Corner and the, um, the ice cream shop aren't serving right now all those tables are also available outside for okay. you to sit in as well okay awesome so that's Magic Kingdom Epcot Of course, you have all the festival kitchens if a festival is going on, which is probably 50 out of 52 weeks of the year. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So there's lots of spots around Epcot to eat. You'll have, there is an outdoor restaurant, Spice Road Table is the only one I believe that's all outdoors. Um, Okay. But a lot of the quick service is outdoors, like the Mexico Quick Service and the fish and chip shop in the United Kingdom and there's some seating around Morocco now since Disney has taken it over and a lot of the pavilions now have a lot of seating outside that wasn't there before also okay at Hollywood Studios I'm trying to think of some good ones Woody's Lunchbox is outside Mm. Ronto Roasters and Galaxy's Edge is outside and again, there's there's a, a decent amount of outdoor space if you want to eat outside at most of the quick service restaurants that'll have kind of indoor-outdoor seating. And then Animal Kingdom really has lots of great options to eat outdoors uh, at all their quick service pretty much has an outdoor portion. Okay. And there's lots of really nice relaxation zones at Animal Kingdom that are right on the river where you can see all the barges with characters going by take your food over there and it's it's really nice awesome so let's jump into park touring so my park touring strategy has pretty much always been I get my fast passes and I get them early in the day and then I try to get more fast passes and 
so not having fast passes, my brain is just short circuiting. <laughs> yeah. So like, how do I, how do I plan my day at these different parks, not having fast passes? How do you recommend we approach that? So I just got back from a trip where I did a full four days at the parks, which I don't normally do because I normally am local, <laughs> but I had a chance to go with a friend. So I got to try all this stuff out very recently. Um, we we got there early most of the days before park opening so we can get in a quick queue for at least one attraction. And then we basically watched the lines on my Disney experience throughout the day and jumped when they were low. I have a okay. basic touring plan of things you can hit and then watch the lines the rest of the day. Mm. It's it's a little different <laughs> if you're used to <laughs> to fast pass touring and I would plan on just block out at hour of time for each thing you want to do. And then if it takes okay. less time, then you could do more things. <laughs> but if not, okay, it just kind of will give you a guideline on how to do that. So just an example, we went to Magic Kingdom. It opened at 9. We got there at like 8.15 by taking the first bus from our resort. And we went straight to Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, which isn't different than you might have normally done your touring. And the queue right now, it was wrapped around past the Little Mermaid attraction. So we got in line there. It looked like it would take, uh, the sign said 45 minutes, but it took us less than 15 minutes to actually get on the ride and get off. So things look a lot longer than they actually are just because of social distancing. And Mm. then also most of the time the queue time is inflated for whatever reason they're doing it. Okay. But just take that into account of all the attractions we did this past week. Only one was actually accurate to the time that they said. Oh, wow. Okay. And that was dinosaur. We actually did wait 60 minutes for, but everything else was at least half the time. So, Oh, wow. Okay. It is a big disparity. It's hard (laughs) to say which ones will be that way, but um, just, I would prepare, just block out an hour for each thing. And if you get done with it faster, that's awesome. Okay. For people who uh, were rope droppers in the before time, is rope dropping still important? I would say so if you have some things you want to get done without waiting for. So okay. like that Magic Kingdom day, we were able to do Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. We went over to do Space Mountain and then we got those both done before the park opened. We were able mm-hmm. to hit Big Thunder Mountain next and only waited about 15 minutes for that. And so we got three big things done right as the park before or right as the park opened which later in the day would have a really long wait. So yeah, you can at least get some headliners done by rope dropping, but you can also work it the opposite way. Maybe you want to sleep in that day and you stay till the park closes and you're going to have that same thing where the lines are going to drop off as the day goes on. Gotcha. Okay. Now I remember hearing that extra magic hours were going away, but the there was something else replacing it with if you're on site getting some like extra time in the parks. Is that a thing now or is that a thing for the future? Right now it's not an official thing. And what is perplexing to me about this is that they usually open the park an hour early anyway. (laughs) So 
I think it's just that they're putting that in writing. But, mm. like, currently, you could get to the park an hour early. You could get in, and the headliner attractions you could get in line for. But the some of the smaller attractions wouldn't be open yet. Gotcha. So okay. That's kind of how it is. You you can get in an hour early, typically now. They're not, and it doesn't matter if you're a resort guest or not. But they really haven't released guidelines for how they're changing it. And then it's supposed to be a half an hour early at every park. So I, I, I really don't think it'll change much if you're a rope dropper, then get there an hour early and yeah, you're, it's not going to be much different. So park passes, um, I know that you, so you have to reserve your spot in the park. Is that just a short term thing or is that something that, um, that, you know, they're kind of saying is going to be around longer term? Right now we have it through 2022 that you're available, that you can do it. So you can, as soon as you get your tickets booked, your package book, it's linked up to your My Disney Experience account. You can go in and make those park pass reservations. So my guess is it's going to be here through 2022. You can park hop. If you have a park hopper ticket, you can park hop after two o'clock. So that is something to think about where you want to start your day. Um, especially if you are wanting to do Hollywood studios and wanting to do rise of the resistance, Mm. you will want to have that park pass for Hollywood studios and then plan to park hop somewhere else because you would have to have the park pass to make the reservation at 7am. Um, or you have to be in the park at 1pm. So you would need to always start there if you're wanting to do that. Gotcha. So for rise of the resistance, I can, if I have a park pass for Hollywood Studios that day, I can make a, or I can try to get in the Rise of the Resistance queue starting at seven from, like, from anywhere. I don't need to be in the park yet. Right. Currently, you can do it from anywhere. So you can be in your bed and your hotel room and get on there right at 7 a.m., but you have to have that park pass for that day. And then you have a second chance if you didn't get in it at one o'clock, but you have to be inside the park at that time at Hollywood okay. Studios. Do you feel like park hopping is is worth it right now? I'm not recommending it as much as before, just because the park hours aren't as late as they used to be. That is one thing hmm. to think about when planning. And they have been changing them a lot. Like if we're coming up on spring break, they keep adding and adding hours to the parks, Mm. but you wouldn't have known that until the week of that they're going to do that. Um, planning right now, if you're, if you're a first time visitor, or if you just want to kind of keep it simple, one park per day is fine. Um, but if you're someone who really wants to maximize those hours, if they are later then I would recommend it. But a lot of the hours right now, if you're going like on an off time, that's not super busy, then you're going to see the, like the magic kingdom closing at six or seven or animal kingdom closing at five. And you're not going to have as late of park hopping hours since you can only hop after two anyway. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. All right. So let's talk a little bit about what's different now, just from like, you know, like a health perspective. So obviously masks in the park, that's kind of a duh, but what, what else is different? You mentioned mask relaxation stations. What is that? 
So in every park, there are a few mask relaxation zones where you can go sit without your mask on. Uh, it's a good place to take a break, take a break with your kids. Maybe you have, you just need some mask free time. So there are some that are mm-hmm. indoors and there's some that are outdoors. My favorite ones currently at Epcot, you can go into Shoes, and that is a whole relaxation zone. So you have the whole restaurant to yourself. Um, where else at Hollywood studios, you have the Indiana Jones stunt spectacular now as a relaxation zone. So that whole amphitheater in, okay. in magic kingdom. I know I talked about it before Tomorrowland Terrace is one. And then there's an indoor one over at, um, in the storybook circus in the big top. And at Animal Kingdom, there are a few and the one outdoors I was talking about is right across from, um, where they do the bird show and that is right on the river and you have this great view of the tree of life and you can see all the barges go by with the characters on it. So that is my pick there, but there's also indoor ones too. Okay, cool. Now the, the barges with characters, this, this is new, right? Is this kind of their way of replacing the character experiences from before? So at every park, they're kind of doing character meet and greets differently than before. You're not going to be able to go have a private meet and greet with them. But at Animal Kingdom, they come around on the Discovery River on barges, which is fun. So you can kind of see them from any point in the park that you're on the water, which it circles the park. So a lot of places. And there's four or five different ones that will come by at uh, Epcot. You're going to have a motorcade with Mickey and friends. And then there's a princess one. They come by in a carriage. And then Anna and Elsa, they are meeting at the Royal Summer House in Norway. So they're just standing outside and then you can stand on a dot in front of them and get your picture with them. Oh, cool. Yeah. So there, you can still see Anna and Elsa in a couple places. Um, Hollywood Studios is doing motorcades. So they have a Mickey and friends one. They have a Pixar one and they have a a um, Disney Junior one and those just come down Hollywood Boulevard they come past the Chinese theater and around towards Star Tours okay and then Magic Kingdom has a few as well and really anytime you hear the music start (laughs) that gives you a cue that there's one coming and they don't release a schedule for any of these you just have to listen if you stand in the same place for a while you'll eventually see all of them (laughs) Um, (laughs) in magic kingdom if you just hang around main street for a while you'll see all of them come through they start in over near splash mountain and then they'll come up to main street like the usual parade route okay and and it's basically you just have many parades that happen all day long instead of just one parade so i'm in favor of the the character cavalcade route for sure yeah, that actually sounds that sounds like one of the things that I really hope sticks around. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun and it's a surprise who it's going to be. And you don't all have to be in the same place for that three o'clock parade anymore. Mm-hmm. Awesome. OK, cool. So jumping back to um, talking a little bit about kind of the health protocols, what's it like getting into a park? Are they still doing like temperature checks and stuff like that? Yes. So every park you go into and Disney Springs, you're going to go through a temperature screening. And that's just one of the uh, forehead instant read deals. And Mm -hmm. after that, you're going to go through security 
And security now is a lot easier than it used to be, though, because we have the where you can walk through wearing your backpack. They're not going to dig in your bag anymore. The Mm. only thing you have to do is take out an umbrella or a camera, hold it out in front of you. It's just a lot easier because no one's rifling through anything anymore. So you just just breeze right through. It's a big time saver. You don't have those big lines anymore um, killing the magic as you walk in the park. So (laughs) that is very nice. Nice. Now, what about resorts? Um, are masks are still required at resorts? Yes, masks are required anywhere you're walking around. They're not going to be required if you're eating or if you're at a restaurant eating after you've um, sat down. Also, at the pool, you don't need to wear a mask. So that that is basically another relaxation zone. Um, yeah. Yeah. So if you're at a big resort where you're you're walking around and there's no people behind you or, or around you. I think it's pretty much understood that it's okay to take off your mask. Um, we were just at Coronado Springs, which is a huge resort and there's lots of places that there's not other people. So if we we're just mm-hmm. walking around outside by ourselves. We were fine taking down our mask and it seemed like that was fine also. Yeah. Just common sense stuff with the masks really. And of course, if you're in your room, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Resorts, I guess we can talk a little bit about how that looks differently. Other than masks, um, you're going to have online check-ins. So you really don't have to interact with anybody if you don't want to. <laughs> you can go straight to your room. There's also housekeeping is a little bit different. So they're not going to be coming every day anymore. They come every other day and then they're just going to empty your trash and change out your towels. So you're not going to get beds made and that kind of thing. Okay. So that's a little bit different, and you okay. can always not have them come to you if you wanted to. Yeah. And then there are room service at the hotels that had room service before. So, like, if you're at the Yacht Club, you could get room service. It's just going to be, like, the Ale and Compass menu. There. Okay. So that is an option. And then Magic Bands. I don't think we talked about that yet, but Magic Bands are no longer complimentary as of 2021. Okay. Um, you can still order them from my Disney experience like you did before, but you're just going to pay a little bit more. So if you want a plain band, it's a $5 upcharge. If you want a specialty band, it's about the same upcharge as it was before. But um, these, uh, instead of having a magic band, they'll offer you a key to the world card, which is just like a, a key card or a ticket card. So, But you can use your, your magic bands from before if you don't want to buy new ones. Gotcha. Okay. And I just a little bit ago saw an announcement on the parks blog about them rolling out um, being able to use your mobile devices like your phone and your Apple Watch in the place of a magic band moving forward. So that's going to be really cool. Yes, that'll be great. Um, Disneyland used to be able to use your phone as your ticket. So hopefully it's just the same stuff coming over to this, this coast. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. I I think that some people, you know, as as we're able to start thinking about traveling a little bit more, I think some people are a little worried that, um, I don't know, that the magic is, you know, not necessarily gone, but like significantly decreased and, you know, having to wear a mask and all that. So, you know, just having been there for several days, what was the overall impression that you came away with? Did you feel like 
you know, oh my goodness, this is like, this is so different. Why am I even here? Or were you like, oh, there actually is a lot of magic. What did you, how'd you kind of feel? Well, what I, I come away with it is there's so few places you can go right now to escape and to get that mm. experience that I will take what I can get um, yeah. with, with Walt Disney World. There is a lot of things missing if you have been before and are coming back, but to be able to do this and to be, to be able to have done it since July when so much of the rest of the country is shut down and Disneyland is still shut down. I just, I find it a blessing to be able to experience what we are able to experience. Yeah. Um, but um, you just have to come prepared that a lot of things aren't going to be there. Like instead of going to see the fireworks at the end of every night, we are able to watch it on our TV <laughs> in our hotel yeah. room. And we're like, oh, we're going to watch happily. We have to watch happily ever after before we go to bed every night, you know. <laughs> and <laughs> this, it's just a little modified. We're not going to get our yeah. picture up close with all the characters, but we can hang out around the train station and they can be behind us. And that's still fun. <laughs> mm. But I enjoyed most uh, just seeing people on vacation as a travel agent. That just makes my heart feel happy. <laughs> so yeah, just seeing people with their families having fun, making the most of what we have available is what I kind of came away with it. Yeah. I mean, these days I'm basically like my dog. I'm like, oh, I get to get in the car. Oh my goodness. I'm going to go for a car ride. I'm so excited. This is going to be so cool because I never, ever, ever leave my house. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, I think that, you know, yeah, there's, you know, there is definitely a part of my brain that's like, Hey, this is going to be a little different, but mm -hmm. I'm a really big believer in expectations management mm -hmm. is important literally all the time. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, my first trip to Disney World when my oldest daughter was three and my youngest daughter was eight months old, I cried multiple nights because I just had, you know, that like perfect Disney World commercial with everybody has the gleam in their eyes. And like, that's not reality with mm -hmm. like a three-year-old and eight-month-old. No. Um, so, you know, it's Disney all the time, I think is about expectation setting. Mm -hmm. And now it's just the same thing. It's, you know, there's, yeah, there are things that are different, but to your point, there's not a lot that we can do now where you can still, you know, really feel safe and feel like you're, you know, you're in a bubble with a, you know, a company that's really, really focused on the health and the safety of their guests. So I think that in itself is like, you know, it kind of gives you the chance to breathe a little bit. Yeah. And I've always felt safe as I've gone back. I've been, you know, I, we go every other week or so. So being there since the reopening, seeing it kind of progress, we're kind of at the highest crowds it's been since the reopening right now with spring break. But you just really do have to quell those expectations. There's going to be plexiglass up everywhere. It is going to yeah. be a little bit of a like you're going on through a cattle shoot for some things. Like <laughs> there are still going to be areas where it looks really busy and people aren't always going to be socially distant. It's just mm -hmm. how it is. So just having those expectations, knowing that the queue lines are going to be wrapped around the attraction because it's all six feet apart. Just mm. it, you got to have that expectation that it's probably not as long as it actually looks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Just going in there with that stuff and finding the magic where you can. You still have cast members there that are making the magic any way they can. And um, yeah, 
there there are still those things that you can find like the country bears waving from frontierland on top of the building mm-hmm. like, that's fun <laughs> like yeah just those little things that make it special i do kind of love the it's almost like the return of spontaneity mm-hmm. to Walt Disney World you know that that you know, you're, you're no longer booking your day in one hour increments with the fast passes. And, you know, the characters are just going to kind of pop up here and there in a way it's kind of freeing that it's like, you don't have to plan it the way you used to, you can just say, I'm just going to sit back and, Oh, look at this thing. That's surprising. Cause I didn't know that was going to happen. I think that's really cool. Yeah. I, I really enjoy that when going to Disneyland, it is kind of like that <laughs> being, yeah. being a Walt Disney world person that goes to Disneyland, your mind is kind of blown that all this is spontaneous <laughs> and there are characters walking around and there's not a line in front of them. And they're just, yeah, it's, it's a lot different. You're not having to book things 180 days and 60 days in advance. But so yeah. having that kind of organic vacation is freeing in a way yeah awesome okay cool so the uh the people who listen to this show are obviously like fellow crazy disney people and um you know they they tend to be people who make spreadsheets and people who plan and people who are like crazy type a control freaks and obviously everything i just said i mean with love because i'm describing myself too (laughs) um But uh, I'm curious for people like that who are like, you know, they want to kind of control their trip. um, Is there still value in using a travel agent? For sure. There's not going to be all the crazy spreadsheet making as much as you used to. But Mm -hmm. I mean, as you worked with me before, you're welcome to make your spreadsheets and I facilitate it. it, there is still value working with a travel agent because we've been in the trenches with us since with every rollout, every change. We know the parks backwards and forwards. We know the policies that are going on right now. Just having someone in your pocket to be your advocate is really what having a travel agent in during the times of COVID is very helpful with. Um, yeah. Even pre-times, having that person as your advocate, you can do all your dining you can do all your fast passes you can make a whole schedule but just having someone there for you when maybe you want to sleep in that day and you don't want to do it (laughs) I'm happy to do it for you or if you're you got other stuff to do this is what we specialize in and always happy to work with you as much or as little as you need but um, just having that person that is only there working for you is, is a really big benefit and knowing what's going on, having someone to guide you through. If you're just, this is the first vacation you've been back since COVID. If you are flying for the first time, just have someone guide you through those different changes and policies and making sure that you're, you know what the expectations are going to be is really yeah. helpful. Awesome. Okay, cool. Now, do you just book Disney or do you book other things as well? I book other things as well, and we book all kinds of vacations, uh, especially these days. People are branching out to different things also, so I have a lot of Disney clients that are trying a dude ranch or going to Hawaii mm. or <laughs> going to Mexico, so a lot of uh, seeing those clients kind of branch out is a lot of fun for me, and I love booking anything, so <laughs> trying to kind of find out what fits for that family is is part of the fun and maybe 
giving you some other ideas too to where you can vacation if you're not ready for the theme parks awesome okay cool All right. Well, if people want to see more about your Disney trips and what you do as a travel agent, where can they find you on the internets? You can find me at uh, aboutthememoriestravel.com. That's our agency website. And you can submit a quote request right directly through my page on there. I'm also on Instagram and on Facebook at Dreams Magic Adventure is my handle for both of those. And I don't really do Twitter, but <laughs> um, <laughs> you can also find me via email. It's Mackenzie at aboutthememoriestravel.com or um, feel free to DM me on Instagram or Facebook too. Awesome. And I will put links to all that in the show notes uh, for anybody who's interested. So awesome. Mackenzie, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate this is just like it's made my research process so much easier (laughs) since you already know all the answers. So (laughs) well, it was fun. Thank you for having me. (laughs) All right. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much to Mackenzie for coming on the show this week. Mackenzie has just been such a great partner in uh, helping to get my trips planned. And I'm sure you can tell from the interview, but like I said before, I do think that using a TA is always beneficial since it doesn't cost any extra and you get to work with someone who's literally a professional at this. But in these just super crazy times, I think it's even more beneficial. I mean, if something happens before the trip, they're the ones who call customer service for you. And if something happens when you're on the trip, you have someone who you can contact to help you with whatever you're dealing with. So if you don't use a travel agent, I hope you'll consider using Mackenzie because she's awesome. But either way, I hope this information helped you if, like me, you're finally starting to think about taking your next Disney trip. Before I go, please submit any trips you have coming up. You can head to tothemouseandback.com slash submit to see details. And you can also find a link to that in the show notes. That is it for this week. As always, you can follow me on Instagram at mouseandbackpod. Please rate this podcast or leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to the show, but most importantly, have an awesome week. Bye, everybody.